This is the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. Today, Senior Minister Dee Dee Bacon will be teaching the message. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for uh, choosing to join us this morning here on site. And thank you to all of you that are joining us online as we go into our live broadcast. Uh, let you know, my name is Didi Bacon, the senior minister here falls upon me to guide us through a time in which we look to God's Word to pour into our lives so that we can hear Him and so that we can live by His will. Shannon and I uh, don't do this too often, but every now and then we play games, uh, card games. Remember one time we uh, picked up, I think it was a, a deck that we had for our kids. It was a deck of Old Maid. How many of you are familiar with Old Maid? You're familiar with Old Maid? So I guess you can play in different ways. This was like Old Maid, we had an Old Maid card in the Old Maid pack, and you had to play where you collect um, pairs, I guess, and you don't want to end up having the Old Maid in your hand. And so uh, in order to prepare to play, and I'd say, let's play Old Maid uh, beforehand, I don't know what came over me. Uh, this is shocking, I'm sure, for you to hear this. But I decided I'll put a little dot on the corner of the outside of the old maid card. And so uh, we played that. And I kept winning and winning. And Shannon kept saying, I don't understand. I don't understand how you keep winning. I don't understand this. Until which uh, I couldn't stop myself anymore. I just burst out laughing and said, you know, I'm sorry. This is what I've done. And and she took a deep breath, and, you know, I'm grateful that my wife is a good sport. I'm grateful that my wife has a great sense of humor, and she appreciates her honorary husband. Because the truth is, let's be honest, the truth is that I was cheating, and I was not following the rules. And so well, not only was I not following the rules, I was cheating to play, but I was also dishonoring her in terms of setting up a fair competition because I knew exactly where the old maid card was. It was just so much fun to see her get real like, what? I don't understand, as I kept winning <laughs> hand after hand, right? Which brings us to the topic of uh, today. We are wrapping up our conversation on uh, let's talk about it, and today we're talking about the issue of justice. Justice, And in many ways, my story about cheating on Old Maid is a, a small picture uh, to introduce the fact that we live in a world where we have the expectation that we have to follow the rules and to, to treat people honorably. That's, that's justice. Unfortunately, the issue of justice has become a matter of controversy where we find both sides of the political party arguing and fighting on the left... They say, well, justice is all about equality, right? Equality under the law, equality under the conventions of our society. People need to be treated the same way regardless of who they are. And that whatever going on, they need to be treated equal. On the other side, we've got the folks on the right who says justice is about law and order. Law and order, about keeping the peace, about punishing evildoers and protecting those who are law-abiding so that they may flourish in society. And we have this major controversy. In fact, this major controversy has hit the streets of some of our cities, and we have both aspects really in many ways at war, and it's horrifying, and it's, it's crazy. And, and I look at that, and, and I be, began to think, you know, I don't get it. Both are screaming about justice, and both are arguing about what is justice, but in many ways we're like, oh, Aren't we making a, a silly argument? You see this picture of this big blue ball. This is how I see it. See this picture of this blue ball? It's a, it's a, 
album cover. Now, to me, the conversation that we're having right now in our country regarding justice is like arguing whether that ball is big or it's blue. Right? One on the other side says, it's blue! The other person on the other side, it's big! And I'm like, wait a minute, it is a big blue ball. It's both. And that's the truth about justice. Justice is all about equality, all people treated fairly, but it's also about law and order. And it's a concept that we have received in this country that comes to us from Scripture. Why is it that we have this statue in front of our Supreme Court? Why? Well, because it captures both aspects of justice. First of all, we see that uh, Lady Justice is carrying the scales. She's weighing the deeds of men before the measurements of the law. She also has a sword. You can't see that there. I know other arm, and the sword represents not only uh, inflicting of punishment to the evildoers, but it's also a protection of those who are law-abiding. There's law and order. But focus on this. She's blindfolded. Why? To show that justice has to have no regarder of persons, that justice in its purest form is blind, regardless of who you are. It's everyone is equal under the law. You see, justice captures both, and that's a biblical concept. When we look into the Bible, what we find is that justice is both fairness under the law as well as treating people right. Justice is, also, is, is about law and order as well as making sure people are treated right according to relationship with, with man and God. And so as I look in Scripture, I see where the best way to, to summarize what the Bible teaches about justice and where it needs to live for us is justice is treating people right. Now take a moment to think about that. Justice is treating people right. Well, what is right? Well, right is defined by God. You see, what we discover in Scripture is that if you are a Jesus follower, if you're a member of God's family, if you're part of the new Israel, there's a term for that. You're a person who belongs to the kingdom of God, and your king is Jesus. And therefore, your first allegiance, no matter who you are, where you live, whatever your color of your skin, whatever your gender, whatever, whatever, your first allegiance is to the king as you live in the kingdom. And the way you're to operate in the kingdom is by the laws of the king, and remember we talked about this last week when Lavelle was here, love one another, the royal law. In fact, this is the topic of conversation Jesus has with a lawyer. And at his time, lawyers were primarily people that, that talked about God's law in the Bible, and he had a conversation about which is the greatest law, and what did Jesus say? The greatest law is love God with everything you have, I'm summarizing here, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, we can summarize that basically as saying, Treating people right, treating people according to the way God intended. Now, what we see in Scripture is this. When we establish, the, when, when God, Jesus came, He came to establish the kingdom. And a lot of times we think of this in terms of, oh, that's the future, that's to come. When, when everything will come to an end and Jesus' second coming will happen and He will establish us to live with Him forever. Well, scripturally, that's not exactly accurate. Scripturally, Jesus said, I've come to establish my kingdom, and it's a present thing. It's something that is to happen now. And the, where his kingdom is to be found is where his people 
are involved in life, and we can specifically say the church. The church is to be the place in which God's kingdom reigns. It's to be the example to the world of how to live right with God. It's the example of the world to the world of how to treat people right according to God's law. And within the church and within the community of the church where individuals have given themselves to their first allegiance of following the king, living in the kingdom of God, the impetus, the, the command is if you want justice in the world, then you've got to start where you are. You've got to start with yourself and in your family and in the communities that you find yourself in. If justice, according to God's law, is treating people right, it has to begin with you. It is not something that you shirk responsibility on to government and to other things that are beyond it. No, it's something that has to begin with you. And so it's no surprise that when we see descriptions of the church in the New Testament, what we see, what we see is how they treated each other could... Was, was justice in action. And so do two descriptions of this in action, two descriptions of the church and living out, treating people right. Let's, let's go to Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 44. It says, all the believers, all the Jesus followers, all the members of the kingdom of God at that time were what? Together and had everything in common. They shared they sold property and possessions to give to anyone in need. The injustice of people suffering because they didn't have need was met. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The church operated as the kingdom of God. They treated one another right they met injustices where they found it on an individual, person-to-person -person basis, and in that, they lived out what God had called them to live. In that, they were shining light to the example. What does it say? It says they had the favor of everyone who knew about them. Here's another description, Acts chapter 4. All the believers were in one heart and mind. Now, let me just stop here. One heart and mind. How were they one heart and mind? They submitted themselves to Jesus and to each other, right? There was no enforcing. There was no, no, no pressuring. There was no mandating. No, they, they submitted themselves in their faith to Jesus and to each other. They were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in, the, in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land and houses sold them, bought the money from the sales, and put them at the apostles' feet. And it was, a lot of you are waiting for this, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Verse 36 is an example. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, island now in the, in, in, the, in the Mediterranean, whom the apostles called Barnabas, so it was his nickname, Barnabas, means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and put the money and put it, sold the, brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. See, what we have here is a demonstration of what justice is meant to look like for those who are members of the kingdom of God. In fact, I saw a quote that said this, justice is what love looks like in public. 
Justice is what love looks like in public. Justice is you making the decision to treat people right. It's you seeking to treat people equally and seek to address any needs that you can meet if there is an inequality or a need with what you've given. See, the way of Christianity has always been to start small, to be person to person, from individuals ministering to individuals, and in that, create a groundswell of transformation that eventually transforms society. We have the privilege of serving a number of ministries that address injustice. The injustice of abortion. We partner with a ministry called The Caring Place. It's a local ministry here in Claremont County. We had the honor and privilege to be at the table when that ministry began and was one of the founding partners. A Caring Place addresses the issue of abortion right where it's at, at the level of the person, the, the woman, in a pregnancy situation where she is considering abortion as an option. And it meets that person where they are with the needs that they are in and provides free pregnancy tests, uh, ultrasound so, so the mom can, can see the baby, uh, provides parenting classes, provides resources that, that families may need because they're struggling, diapers and, and, and formula and, and helps so that they may be able to give this child a chance. Their needs may be met so that they may choose life to bring the child into the world. Caring Place has been ministering to folks throughout this pandemic. They've had two of their major fundraisers uh, had to be canceled, so they're in need. In fact, the, the director just shot out a note just not too long ago saying, we are dealing with an increase of individuals who are coming in and saying, I, I think I need an abortion because I don't want to bring a child into the world right now. But praise God, the ministry of a Caring Place has been able to meet them where they are and to help them. And so if you have a passion to address the injustice of, of abortion, if you have a passion to, to, to meet the, the issue, let's do it the Christian way, starting with the small and letting the groundswell of, of people's lives being transformed begin to grow. And, and after a while, the way it works, who knows what will happen at the higher levels regarding law. And so go to caringplace.org. If you have resources to share and you want to participate, go to caringplace.org. Look at their resource section. Look at the place that, that they provide so that you can be engaged. Why? Because the way of Christians is to meet people in the small and to allow the small in the transformation as we address issues of injustice to bring about the transformation in our community. And our community leads the state, and the state leads to the nation. What about poverty? What about hunger? Truth is, is there are people in our community that are hungry. I'm thankful that we have the opportunity to partner with Interparish Ministries. They have uh, pantries, places where folks who are hungry, wondering about their next meal, and yes, that is your neighbors. And I'm telling you, there are more and more of them right now. Think about those folks that work in the restaurant industry right now. Think about the fact that uh, they, uh, there's really not much end in sight when it comes to them getting their jobs back. People are wondering about when's their next meal. So we're 
honored that we've been working with Interparish Ministries for many years. They have a pantry in Newtown. They have a pantry in Amelia. They have a mobile food pantry that is able to be flexible in these times of pandemic. It's a, it's a joy and honor for us to partner with them. They, they provide a, a pantry, a feeding distribution at the, with West Claremont Schools in partnership with Cincy for Kids. Cincy for Kids is, is, a, is, is targeted at providing meals for kids that, that can't have meals, and school is the only one place that they can, can be guaranteed a meal. Believe it or not, there are kids in our community who don't eat unless they go to school, and so this is able to, for them to, to be able to be ministered to. We uh, just talked about, Aaron just talked about our, our food pantry that we're going to be doing in August. Not only are we doing the, the feeding part, we're also collecting school supplies so kids have what they need to, to go back to school when, when they go back. These are all parts of our addressing the issue of poverty and hunger. And so go to interparishministry.org. They're not taking volunteer work right now, as you can well imagine, but they are taking donations. Go to our website and look at the, the missionaries that are listed in, in foreign nations who are ministering to people where they're at. If you have a heart for international injustice and, and, and seeing people come to know Christ in, in far-off places, go to our website and see our missionary partners and investigate who they are and what they're doing. If you have a heart for local missions and there's, there's inter-parish ministries and there's a caring place and there's a number of others, go to our website and, and see where we as a church are committed to partnership. As, as we've gone through this pandemic time, we have not dropped our support for these ministries. And in fact, we've looked for ways to add to them as they are facing needs that they never thought they would face uh, just a few months ago. See, the way of the church is this, to address the needs of people where they are and to see a groundswell, and to see a groundswell. And so... I encourage you to consider as you think about justice and you think about our calling to meet the injustices of the world. Remember the Jesus way. Go small, meet with the gifts that you have, and be part of that. Now I'm going to encourage you to get your communion cups, and if you want to start wrestling with the tab to get the bread out, <laughs> you can also shake it a little bit. You know, we serve a Savior who put into action the command He gave to us. He served as the example of that. And Jesus said, no greater love has a friend, has a man that will lay down his life for his friends. And even greater is that Jesus died for us who were sinners. They were not His friends. And the injustice of every one of us, the basis of all injustices is the fact that we're not right with God. We cannot, not be, we cannot be right with each other until we first become right with God. And Jesus provided a way of sacrifice for dying us on the cross so that we can be right with God. And being right with God, we can then learn to be right with one another. And so I encourage you at home and at this place, let's remember the body of Jesus gave up his life on the cross for us so that we could be right with God through faith and that we can be agents who address the injustices of the world for him. In the Bible, over and over and over, whenever there's a sacrifice or an issue about blood in the Old Testament, we're told that life is in the blood. 
God reminds his people time and time again, life is in the blood. And I think that was a pointing to Jesus because Jesus poured out his blood for us. And there is life in the blood that was shed for us so that what? We might not die but have life. And it's a life that's not doesn't start in the kingdom of God when, when, we, when we go to be with Jesus. No, that life starts now. And we are members of His kingdom now, difference makers for the King now. And we are establishing His kingdom now, demonstrating what it means to live right with God and right with one another. Let us take the juice together and remember that. Please pray with me. Lord, I just thank you for this time we can share, and I thank you for your word. I thank you for the blessings we have in your word. I thank you for the goodness that you have shown us, that you did treat us better than we deserve. I'm so thankful for everyone that is here, that has come. I'm thankful for all those that are at home, that are worshiping with us. I pray that you would help us to understand our responsibility to address the issue of injustice. That justice is love in public doing what's best for another in public, speaking out for those who can't speak for themselves. It is help, stepping in for those who can't stand for themselves. It is, it is helping those who need help. It is lifting up those who are downtrodden. It is us taking responsibility for, for the marginalized and those whom we know are in need on the fringes of society in the name of Jesus. Why? Because that's what we're called to do. I pray that you help us to be agents of your justice in this world, living love, loving God, and loving people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you're with us. Uh, remind everyone, if you would like to uh, share a prayer need, you can do that online with the online response card. There are also cards at the foyer at the table you can fill out, put it in the, the receptacle out there. Offering is also uh, can be done online, or you can drop your check or gifts uh, in the, in the receptacle that go to serve ministries like I, I just mentioned, uh, our outreach, our ministry to address the injustices of the world. You can do that uh, through the church as we collect offerings and distribute them uh, to people in need. You like me saying that? I'm going to say it a few times, right? Also, to remind everyone that this service next week will be at 11. Uh, we will be showing both services, uh, 9 and 11, uh, live and so you can catch us live if, uh, if you want on, at 9 o'clock for those of you that are watching now. Or you can do it at 11. Uh, next week we'll be adding uh, children's ministry to what we're doing. And it'll be done. We'll tell you all about that as we prepare to uh, do children's ministry in these times, making sure we, we're doing it as safe as possible, but also as best we can to teach our little ones about Jesus. And so look forward to doing that. You can find out more about us on the web at mtcarmelchurch.org.